and sadly I took classical lessons instead of... I should have just got someone to teach me how to do the left-hand thing with the blues so I could improvise with the right. But now I got classical lessons. So I got to the point where I could play like Bartok's Microcosmos or something, very simple pieces on the the piano. Um, Totally soullessly, just sort of following the music like this and singing along with it because they teach you that as well. And I could sing in tune along with what I was playing. And then when I gave up the piano lessons... A, it didn't teach me anything about music, like how to make it. And B, the the singing skills just completely disappeared. So if I tried to sing Memories Can't Wait or something, I'd be completely out of tune. Well, because I it was, wasn't Bartok's microcosmos. That's, that, to me, epitomises what classical music is about. Is music important to both of you? Is, is, and does it feed into the way that you write? I'm not quite sure how this is going to work. I think you should... Um, I couldn't imagine a life without it. Uh, uh, it, 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 it and, and for someone to say no to that in a, uh, <laughs> in a speed dating scenario would, 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 would pretty much signify the end of, of, <laughs> of, of, of that little um, <laughs> of, of that micro courtship. Have you met, and if so, did you trust someone who said no? Uh, music's just nothing. Uh, it, it, it's a sort of audio equivalent of I don't care what I eat. <laughs> Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I know that um, there are times when you don't care what you eat, uh, times of um, deep emotional distress, or, or if I've had a massive argument with my wife or something, then I just. <laughs> but generally, what a shame to not care about music, to not to not allow it to work its magic on you. I suppose I, I remember we talked and we found parallels to the way that music... We talked about the wonderful Radio 3 show, Late Junction. Mm. I think you said during the Rise of Cloud Atlas that you listened to it the way that perhaps talking heads mix and match that I think... Uh, I don't know if it was Fear of Music that she cut up and re-edited it's a bit like some of the Miles Davis albums. I just wondered if, if those... The voices on Late Junction were music in themselves. Yeah, yeah. That's true. yeah. I suppose the, the two ways I've come at this are... One... The specific <laughs> playlist phenomenon. I, I don't know again if I'm repeating what we discussed, James, but um, there is a. I, I, I need more highfalutin ways to express this, but you have one thing and you put it next to another thing and it makes a third thing. You have green and you put it next to orange and there's this dark line that isn't actually there but it's there on. But it's there in your brain. You do see. You, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah. You have. Um, you have. An exquisite slow thing by Scarlatti, and you put it next to green and blue, or um, in a silent way, uh, or. Guinevere off, off Pitch's Brew, <laughs> long, meandering and stoned. And it's off circle in the round, is it not, Guinevere? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it is. I think you're right, actually, yeah. God, I've got out Miles Davis. No, you're absolutely right, you are. Of course but it's kind of way, doesn't it? Yeah. It sort of meanders from very, very moody and then suddenly you get yeah. little bursts of yeah. rhythm. And... Uh, but I suppose what I want to say is that you... Um, this third thing is made through the influence of propinquity, or of next to each of the nests. I think, having recently discovered, I 
I'm basically not a novelist, I'm a novella writer. If you have novella A and you put next to novella B, then they interact, isn't quite right, they sort of smack off each other, they glint at each other, they possibly reflect or echo or reverb, they do something to each other to make a third thing mm-hmm. uh, that's not actually there, but it is. Uh, that's one thing I take from music consciously when I probably when I think about structure actually more than okay. uh, and then so that's at one end that's at the sort of vague abstract end of the spectrum at the more specific one I will take good lines and useful observations the same way I do with poetry or other people's novels uh, if there's something that I see in a magpie fashion then uh, I will help myself. By the time it's been edited and re-edited and re-edited and re-edited, for me, writing is largely the editing. Uh, it's been um, sort of it, its provenance has probably become uh, unidentifiable, okay. maybe even to me sometimes. But so, so it's both really rather vague in this propinquity idea stuff uh, and also actually quite specific uh, I like this line from this Joni Mitchell song so and or I like this observation about humanity from uh, uh, about a failed relationship from this Loudon Wainwright song <laughs> uh, so when I'm trying to write tangled emotional webs between the characters these might be the words my mental fingertips find when I reach for something. Musical writing. Um, I'll make a few observations and see if I can keep them distinct. Firstly, um, I think that David might potentially be doing himself a disservice by calling himself a novella writer. I think if if the sections um, in the Bone Clocks had been published individually as standalone novellas, they wouldn't have worked as standalone novellas. They would have worked in a narrative, in, in the sense of engaging people and getting them to care about the characters, but they wouldn't have worked as fully shaped narratives. They only work as that third thing mm. where they, where they um, um, metabolise with each other. And, um, accumulate. So I, I think it is a novel in the true sense, mm. not, not something cobbled together by someone who should be publishing with others. Is it more like saying movements in music? That yeah, you can, you can I think that... It and it's you, that bit of you know, the Marla's fit. You can take that beautiful bit out and watch it in, in Death in Venice, but you have to, you, when you hear it in the whole of, of actually that piece, it, it, it feels different. Mm, movements of music can be extracted fairly mercilessly and, and they will work for, for a lot of listeners. Uh, I, I think there is something genuinely synergistic about the way the, the sections work together. I think David uses music far more 
specifically as a characterization tool than I do. Because David is very concerned with connecting with readers who are alive right now and who have lived in the same century that he's lived in and so on, um, the characters' musical touchstones are revealing about them, about who they are. And that's a shorthand which... I hesitate to use the word Faustian bargain in a book that is about <laughs> Faustian bargains, but it, it's, it's that thing of creating an instant connection with, with the reader who is of your generation, of your nationality, at the expense, perhaps, of someone 50 years from now mm. saying, who is this Joni Mitchell? <laughs> yeah. I'm far more wary than that, and far more reluctant to, to feed pop culture in, into my work and I really strive when I, when I do it to use references which might still make some sort of sense once our age has passed into, into history and that robs my writing of a certain connectedness to my time, but potentially also um, might allow it to make sense to people who are not in this time. And that's a Faustian bargain in the sense that, of course, I can't know, and I'm most likely mistaken, because, of course, 99.9% of all literature, however good it is, is fated to to disappear down the plug hole. But how, about, how about when you write The Crimson Petal and White and, and you're setting it in the past? Did you use cultural signposts in that time? And both of you... Well, sort of... again, to the maximum extent possible, I tried to use things that would resonate on an instinctive or linguistic level without the reader needing to have any knowledge. So there was this idea of the reader being like an alien from another time and space altogether, arriving into Victorian London and having no clue how it worked and needing to to absorb it um, as an ingenue. But getting back to the music thing, with, with the Crimson Petal... I wrote The Crimson Petal mainly while playing Krautrock and <laughs> Electric-era Miles Davis, okay. Bitches Brew and On the Corner and stuff like that. And the, the theory there was that if I wanted my prose to, to be Victorian or Gothic, I needed to make sure that I wasn't being deluded by playing Victorian or Gothic music in my room as I was writing and imagining that it was all in the text, whereas in fact it was just floating in the room, yeah, coming it. out of the speakers. I see the logic. Um, so I felt that if I could be playing um, Miles Davis's Big Fun or something and looking at my text, it felt Victorian to me or it felt as if it was imbued with, with what I wanted, then it probably was imbued with that. <laughs> Because it's almost like the sort of lazy cinematic technique that you put swelling strings over something. Exactly, and, and, and when I was writing the, the book of Strange New Things, 
I was playing a lot of very hectic sort of Hungarian prog jazz and stuff like that instead of what would have been the appropriate music for the, for the spirit of that book, something eerie and tranquil and kraut-rocky. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I deliberately avoided that. It's very interesting. So you almost need to be slightly displaced. Or you, or you displaced. Need to con- so for, the, for your fiction to convince you that yeah. it's, it's doing that. helps but it, I don't think literature helps I don't think writing helps anybody or helps the writer but it is what suggests itself to be possible at particular times so it's what one does why, why poetry? Um, it's, it's what was there um, and besides you know, the, the Book of Strange New Things is my last novel and we both knew that Poetry can go straight to the jugular. You don't have to horse around with plot and character. Uh, it's just sort of the, 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 the themes and ideas that novels need, uh, like a diet needs vitamin C. Uh, the novels need them, but poetry can be, is composed chiefly of that. It's the major ingredient. Uh, like Mark in Michel's diet for the moment. Uh, whereas uh, it's, uh, um, at least with my novels and I think Michel's as well, I mean, um, of course the ideas are there and, uh, and that's why you continue to think about them years after you've read them, in Michel's case. Uh, but, um, but it's not actually in terms of... Um, uh, in terms of pie chart of the novel uh, the ideas even of relatively cerebral novels would still be a minority slice whereas in poetry they are the majority slice um, I was going mean, to I've read the comments this is your, your last novel there's a very interesting line in The Bone Clocks which this idea of writing is, is a pathology. I, I'd quit it if I could. I think it's uh, Crispin Hershey says that. Um, yeah. In the light of what you just said, I was, for both of you, is, is are you... I mean, it's like this, that, you're, you're now, <laughs> that, that changed it slightly, but is writing a pathology for w- w- when you are writing a, a compulsion and, and this idea of can you quit or do you, and, and why would you quit? When you've written, I've written an interview with you where you say you've, you've got the next six or something yeah. planned out. Yeah. Uh, I know what they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when those six are done, do you feel you're done? I'm pretty confident I'll find some more along mm-hmm. the way, and mm-hmm. uh, and and I won't have in a few years. I hadn't read that mark of yours, Michelle, and... and uh, along with several hundred thousand, possibly <laughs> well into the seven figures, in fact, of human beings on Earth, uh, I very much hope you're wrong. Mm. Uh, and, and, and I will cling to the hope that uh, you are wrong. Mm. Uh, human beings can be wrong, even. They can. They can. Why do you feel that at the, at the moment? Um, well, 
the, the answer that I usually give to journalists is going to be a trickier one in this context because David writes different books each time and still feels that he can write loads more of them. But the, the, the stock answer I usually give is, is that I wanted each of my books to be very different from the other and that I could only pull that off a certain number of times and that I feel that I've pulled it off as many times as I can before I start to repeat myself. Um, I also never saw writing as a career. It's something that, that happened to me. Um, I mean, being a published writer happened to me unexpectedly as a result of, of Eva's encouragement for me to put my stuff out there. Um, and on an emotional level, writing is writing novels is something that I did very much with and for Eva. You know, I would whenever I finished a chapter, I would print it out. She would read it, and we would talk about it for some hours. And she would give me excellent feedback. And that that era is over. Um, but on a completely instinctive level, I already knew when I was writing The Fire Gospel that it was the second last and that this one was the last. Um, and I guess the only escape clause is the wisdom in David reminding me that human beings can be wrong, as indeed they can. Um, but I'd, I'd be surprised if there was another. Um, I'm writing this poetry now and I may collaborate with Eva on her unfinished stories that she left behind and I may write some more short stories of my own um, and then there's an awful lot of mp3s still to sort through and put onto CDRs um, more than I can process in, in a human lifetime. So, What's on the MP3s? God. Everything. Um, um, I mean, it's, it's all stuff that's unfamiliar to me because I, I don't have a nostalgic bone in my body, so I'm constantly investigating things I've never heard before, um, which in our digital age... Um, which is a wonderful boon while we have it. We should enjoy it while it lasts, because it won't last forever. Um, I'm determined to, to educate myself. <laughs>